KFC, uh, hashtag not sponsored, hashtag but could be, um, has released a new menu item. It's called the Chitza. It's uh, chicken base with uh, pizza sauce, mozzarella cheese, and pepperonis. We tried it uh, just before we started, and Tabitha's eyes got really big. So I want to start with you, Tabitha. What were your thoughts? Um, the pictures that we saw online feel like they were very deceiving. I assumed it was like one giant flat, like chicken tenderloin that was the base. That was not the case. It's just like chicken strips covered in marinara, sprinkled with cheese, and then pepperoni thrown on top. The chicken was chewy at best. I mean, it's it's a fun little gimmick item, I guess, for them, but... There's, I just still don't think there's a reason for this. <laughs> yeah, there's probably not a reason for it, but um, it wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. Um, I, on the one hand, like you said, like I expected it to be like one piece, mm-hmm. but like I actually kind of worked out better that it was just the chicken tenders. It made it easier to, um, to divvy up. So, um, Matt, um, so Monday night for dinner, I uh, made chicken parmesan, um, and I'd have eaten that a week old cold probably <laughs> before I have this again. Um, the <laughs> the chicken, like Tabitha said, was chewy. Um, I I think I too also expected to be like one big piece of chicken instead of just chicken tenders. Um, the marinara was incredibly bland and they didn't even bother to melt the cheese like it's just like they sprinkled the cheese on top of it closed the box and like let convection do its thing (laughs) (laughs) like uh you could have at least put it in the salamander and like toasted it a little but i don't know um it's an okay gimmick um it's not like tabitha Tabitha said this while we were trying it it's not the worst thing that we've eaten from kfc but i don't know that i would make an effort to go back and have another one. Lydia. Yeah, I, I agree with all previous statements. It's basically a really poorly made chicken parm <laughs> that is just on chicken tenders that are very overcooked. The weird thing to me is, isn't this something that was an international thing that they suddenly decided to bring over? Like, mm-hmm. makes me wonder, like, where it originated, like which KFC it started at. And if theirs is better, because, <laughs> I mean, our fast food restaurants kind of suck anyway. So maybe it's better wherever it originated from. But I- I'm not going to go out of my way to go get one again. Thanks. <laughs> you guys, we are doing a terrible job at trying to get KFC to sponsor us. <laughs> well, they should do a better job coming up with food ideas. <laughs> <laughs> and cooking them. <laughs> yeah. You're listening to The Geek Awakens with Mitch, Matt, Tabitha, and Lydia. All right, so I want to start off tonight with um, 
something that Matt that you brought up. Um, we've talked in the past about um, these companies having like massive layoffs and everything like that, and it sounds like Sony is the next one. Yeah, Sony is adding um, adding their name to the list of guilty parties, if you will. I guess um, they have announced that they are cutting. Um, around 900 people which equates to about eight percent of their current workforce um it is the entirety of their in-house uh playstation london studio it does include layoffs in other first party studios including naughty dog gorilla and insomniac um which have put out some of probably Sony's biggest hits mm-hmm. ever. Um, it, it, it kind of looks like that in there was like a company wide email. Um, the is it the CEO? Uh, yeah, CEO, President and CEO Jim Ryan in his email he said um, we had to step back and look at our business holistically and moving forward, focusing on long term sustainability of the company and delivering the best experiences possible for our community. Um, the goal is to streamline our resources to ensure our continued success and ability to deliver experiences gamers and creators have come to expect from us. Um, it's it's studios that are both obviously UK and US that are affected. Um, there are a number of games that were currently in development at some of those studios that are going to be shelved because of these layoffs. Um, apart from... One in particular, they know that the London studio was working on. They really haven't been a whole lot of announcements on what other games are on the chopping block, but they know that there will be at least a couple more um, because of these reductions in workforce. So um, the other thing to note is that um, this now uh, equates to about 6,000 layoffs um, through the video game industry so far in 2024 and we're not very far into 2024 we are not it is strange to me where they've chosen to make some of these cuts especially like insomniac and things like that because that is some of their bigger like production places like that's some of their bigger games so it's weird that that's one of the places that they went yeah we're gonna cut back here they didn't give the the full breakdown, but they did say nine hundred and eight percent of their workforce, which is quite substantial. So, what was that nine hundred people, eight percent. Thank you. Did I <laughs> did I flip that? No, you said nine hundred and eight. Like oh, nine hundred and eight percent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Man, that is. That's a big, uh, like a quick uh, turnaround or whatever. <laughs> Their retention is crap. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go to the pool list. What's on our pool list this week? And we've got three books to talk about this week. Um, the first one is Cemetery Kids Don't Die, number one. Uh, this book actually came out last week. Uh, we were going to talk about it last week. Um, but then, um, uh, Tabitha was actively dying. Lydia was actively dying. So I felt it was just best to not have a show. Um, didn't want us actively dying on air. Yeah, exactly. I don't want this house to become a crime scene. Um, 
Depending well, on what me. in here anyway. <laughs> I said, depending on what you say some weeks, it is potentially going to be a murder scene if Tabitha kills you. So it might still happen. <laughs> You're not wrong. You're not wrong. So <laughs> Cemetery Kids Don't Die. It's like I said, it's out now from Oni Press. Uh, written by Zach Thompson with art by uh, Daniel Irizarry. Uh, so the Dreamwave is a gaming console that is played while you sleep. Uh, Pick and his sister, Birdie, are still dealing with their mother's death, albeit in different ways. Uh, they escape the real world by playing Nightmare Cemetery with their friends, but things that happen in the game start to bleed into real life. Um, the first time that I read this, because I read this last week, and then I read most of it again um, this week to kind of fresh my memory. Uh, the first time I read it, I was not quite sure what I was getting myself into but by the end of that issue I was um I was really excited it was like it leaves you on a really big uh cliffhanger which I feel like a good first issue should do it should have something that really grabs you and hooks you for the next issue um overall I really enjoy this I like how the um the character designs when they're in the uh, the nightmare cemetery, you know, like they're like the, their game character designs. They just look really cool. Um, the dream wave itself, uh, Matt, you're probably the only one who's going to appreciate this. Not Seth as well, but um, it reminds me of that Doctor Who Christmas episode where they're oh, at the North Pole. Yep. You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, especially like the first time that I think it was picked that we see him like take it off. I'm like, hmm. log out. Mm, yeah. yeah. Dislike. Um, by and large, like, I don't know how I would feel about having something like this in real life. Um, but if it's something to where like, essentially you're getting like, um, oh, what, what am I, what am I thinking of? Um. Like the type of dreams that you you know you're dreaming. Lucid dreams. Thank you. Um, uh, but yeah, if it's basically like you know you're having like a lucid dream with your friends, but you're still able to you know like rest up and have energy for the day, like I might be here for that. Uh, but anyway, story aside, this, this was really cool. I'm very excited for it, the second issue. Uh, Lydia, what do you think? I really liked it. Um, I don't really look at what the story is to any of these things that we read beforehand so I just go into them blind and I knew by like the third page before they even really said anything I'm like this is a video game this is gonna be like the alternate reality I got it I'm in um the story overall like wrote me in uh my only real complaint with it is when they are in the dream wave some of the uh artwork gets a little bit muddy where you can't really tell the difference between the characters mm-hmm. especially between like pick and like the enemies so sometimes that lost me a little bit as to figuring out who was who but other than that like i'm excited to see what the next issue holds and keep reading this one Tabitha, what about you i agree with lydia about the art um there were certain like of those like almost fight scenes where i was having to like zoom in because i'm trying to figure out who's fighting and who's talking and who's doing what um Mitch, you mentioned that the actual video game thing that they're wearing reminds you of a Doctor Who episode. It literally looks like a uterus cross paths with a set of lungs and they had a baby. And I could not stop staring at it the whole time. It was making me very uncomfortable. Um, 
I liked it. I I was in the middle of reading like like the third or fourth page, and I asked Matt. I was like, "Did I miss a whole issue, or are we gonna get some kind of backstory?" Because like, what is happening? <laughs> and I crossed to the next page and realized that they were gonna backtrack a little bit because I was very lost. So I enjoyed it. Um, I think I would keep reading this. Matt, what about you? Um, this was wonderful. Um, I had some nostalgia. I was triggered. Um, <laughs> like some, like some of the conversations between the characters, um, like having an outside conversation inside the game world, been there, been part of that. Like there's monsters and you're fighting and killing things and you're having this random conversation about God knows what else that yep. does not exist in the, in the game world. And like so that and some of the um, the terminology that they use is very reminiscent of the time that I spent playing World of Warcraft. Um, so I really enjoyed that. I was able to just like fall right back into that. And unlike slang where I don't know what it's going on, I understood every <laughs> word of this. <laughs> um, but uh, I, I will also agree with Tabitha and Lydia that there were a few of those frames where some of the action was almost too much um and you lost some of what was happening there um but really when it comes down to it like you're right mitch the hook at the end of this is phenomenal it's exactly what you need to keep pushing for the rest of the whether it's a limited series or you know however long this goes on um but uh yeah this this was great this was my jam um like I said, despite being a little triggered reminiscently, um, I had a really good time and enjoyed it. We we may have to pause for a second. Uh, pause. One of, <laughs> one of the cats came back down and uh, he meowed and Tabitha is actively melting. I love cats. <laughs> so the next book that we're going to talk about is uh, Jill and the Killers number two, also out now from Oni Press. Uh, written by Olivia Quatero Briggs with art by Roberta Ingranada. Uh, so what Jill and her friends think is a cold case game turns out to be very real and it involves murders in their hometown. Uh, when one of their own goes missing, it's up to Jill and her friends to solve the case before it's too late. Um, Tabitha, let's start with you this time. Sorry, I was distracted by the cat. Um, no need to apologize. <laughs> I vaguely remember reading the first one and I think it may have been one of those that I like read and then we took a week off and like I forgot it a little bit this pulled me back into the story and now I really kind of want to go back and reread the first one <laughs> because I couldn't remember everything they were talking about um, I do remember that first one thinking that it was going to be wonderful and perfect and we talked about how the language kind of threw us all off this one had less of that Thankfully, um, I don't know if maybe they got some reviews and people were like, what? But like, <laughs> um, I think I would continue reading this. And that is the second thing this week that I would continue reading. And that's almost unheard of for me with second issue or single issue things. So thumbs up. Um, I completely agree with you about the language. Uh, I remember with the first issue, we were all like, hey, this is very like, hey, fellow kids. Um, <laughs> and with the first issue, it felt like multiple characters were doing that. This issue, I think it was narrowed down to one character, and I think that's her thing. And so I'm more okay with it. Um, 
overall, like I really love where this story is going. Um, the humor is like it has like a really really good blend of humor, but also suspense. You know, it's it doesn't let you go too far one way or the other. Um, I really enjoyed. There's like this one scene where. Uh, and I'm completely blanking on all the characters' names, except for Jill. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, there's one character who, you know, she's basically, like, saying, you know, like, coming up with a plan or whatever. This character is, if I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, she is dating Jill's ex-girlfriend. And Jill is very jealous of that. So, she is repeating everything that this person is saying but like trying to make it like her idea and i'm like that's just fantastic i loved that um i really like where this i I think i said this already but i really like where the story is going um and i'm i'm definitely here for the ride i was kind of rocky with that first issue but it seemed like they worked out some of their issues um (laughs) with this next issue uh matt what about you um i i do still enjoy this um, I think my favorite part of the whole thing so far is that we are very much getting pieces of the puzzle, um, in, in, in chunks, like you're getting a piece here and then there's some story and you're getting a piece here and then there's some story and you're getting a piece here and it's not, I like that because a lot of times things slowly unfold, um, and I feel like this is a little bit more piecemeal, like they're actually putting together the puzzle, like they're getting a clue here, a clue there. And that's the way that the story feels like it's being built. Um, so I enjoy that. Um, I'm not quite as invested in this um, as I think I was hoping, um, but I do really enjoy the uh, interactions between Jill and her dad mm-hmm. on how they're both very much on different sides of the my mom died. My mom's your your mom's missing. Like that that line is is a very hard line for those two, and that will be fun to watch how that continues as they go through the the story. Um, and Mitch, you're right. There, there's only other one character that I can constantly remember their name, um, and that's uh, one of the officers whose last name is Loaf. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, last book that we're going to talk about is Adversary. It's a graphic novella uh, out March thirteenth from Silver Sprocket by Blue Delaquanti. Uh, Curtis is a newly out older gay man who meets Anton, uh, someone who recognizes Curtis from a long time ago. The two try to figure out their lives in the aftermath of the COVID pandemic. Um, Blue uh, Blue is somebody that we talked to at c2e2 in 2001 i believe that sounds about right 2001 i was not even out of high school yet C2E2. what were you doing Wait, at C2E2? how about how about 2021 i was gonna say c2e2 okay. is not a thing in 2001 i say yeah uh, <laughs> i'd say that i'm gonna edit that out but no y'all deserve to know how dumb i am <laughs> so what we're learning tonight is that we're not good with numbers (laughs) nope and i work in fiscal (laughs) it's fine it's fine we're doing fine (laughs) um anyway so we talked with blue in 2021 um so it was 
um, it was cool to to see you know this like uh, another work from them. Uh, I am kind of conflicted with this book. I I on I like the idea of it a lot. However, I feel like I feel like more could have been done. More story could have been told. Um, there were some things where it's like, okay, I don't know what's going on, but then in a few pages, you're able to piece those together. Um, I ended this novella with there. There were a couple of specific instances where I'm like, okay, but this was never this was addressed, but we don't really know why it was addressed. Um, but like, and I think we talked about this a while back when there was another book that was set during COVID time where it's like, we're almost separated enough from it where like, I'm more okay. Like, you know, reading about it or whatever, but at the same time, like there's still a part of me that's like, this is still like too new, <laughs> like, you know, whatever, like I have a little bit of PTSD over it. Um, but that said, like, I liked the characters. I liked where the story was going. I liked where the story went. I just wish there was more of it. Um, Matt, what about you? Yeah, this felt very much like a vignette. Um, I, I I don't know how else to say this other than like an opening salvo. Um, like there is more story to be told. Like this is chapter one of this great story um because <sighs> there were parts of it i enjoyed but it when it when it was when i got to the last page i really was a little confused about what like what i just read as far as like the overall story and where it was going and where we had where we started where we stopped mm -hmm. um the the character arcs I, I I didn't get a whole lot of arc for the characters it was more of like a this is just like this is what's happening kind of situation which I guess is why I referenced the vignette um I don't know I enjoyed it I, I enjoyed it to the point where I hope that there are more parts to this so we can see how these characters develop Tabitha what about you um, I usually take notes kind of as I'm reading the things so I don't forget about them by the time I get here because that's my short-term memory loss problems. My only note for this was, what? <laughs> <laughs> like, I really liked the art and I thought the character development was great, but I have not a clue in hell what the story was about. Like, there were so many gaps and so many things that were left out and not explained and there is a certain amount of leaving things to the imagination that I like. I love that. I love the unpredictability of a character's story arc. Love that. But you got to give me something. All right, let's go to trailer takedown. Let's get ready for trailer takedown. And guys, we've only got two movies this time. I'm I'm proud of us. <laughs> um so this week we have um, Chicken Nugget, which is a foreign film coming to Netflix uh, versus I Saw the TV Glow. Um, it's a new movie from A24. 
Um, Matt, since you gave us uh, chicken nuggets, <laughs> and you gave us chicken nuggets I, with pizza, I, I um, let's start with you. Um, <laughs> chicken nugget is... I, the only thing I really get out of this is that the um, female lead, who is the male lead's girlfriend, um, steps into a machine and becomes a chicken nugget. Like an actual, honest-to-God chicken nugget. Although, like not Seth said, looks more like a shiny meatball. <laughs> um, and then um, the boyfriend and the main character's dad have to work together to try and return her to her former glory? I don't know how else to to say it, but... Um, Denuggetify. Denug- <laughs> Denuggetify. Don't like that. <laughs> How about just Denugget? That sounds like a bad rapper name. Yeah. <laughs> or a basketball player. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be my rapper name. <laughs> oh. That's not it. <laughs> this, this is bizarre. I don't mind foreign films. I don't mind reading subtitles. I do it all the time because I'm old and my hearing is crap. Um, but... <laughs> This just is a little too weird, even for me. This is too weird for even A24, honestly. Um, the A24 movie, this looks like all of the things that make A24 wonderful. Um, not to mention a killer soundtrack already just from the, um, the trailer. I can't wait to hear what other songs they picked for the rest of this movie. Um, I honestly... Like, apart from this being about some old TV show that might be a link to a multiverse, if I understood that kind of correctly, I don't really know what's going on here. Um, but I enjoyed some of the character interactions in the trailer. This looks fun. Again, the soundtrack is is great. Um, I'm going to give nine points to... Uh, what was it? Let the TV... I saw the TV. I saw the TV glow. Um, and one point for chicken nugget, just because I feel guilty that I made you all watch that. <laughs> you say you feel guilty. Um, I loved that trailer. <laughs> I, I honestly, I loved both of these trailers. Um, chicken nugget is so bizarre and it's so weird. And there is this one scene where. Like it, it's got to be a dream sequence or something, but like where the the guy is, it's almost like uh, it looked like maybe he was like brushing the girl's hair. Um, she's in human form except for her head, which is the chicken nugget. So he's brushing the chicken nugget, um, and that just that I lost it there. Um, yeah, this this movie is bizarre, but I am a hundred percent here for it. Um, I saw the TV glow don't really know what i saw but um <laughs> <laughs> you saw the tv glow yeah um but this looks really cool um you're right i don't i don't know if we're looking at alternate realities or uh, alternate universes or what have you um but it's like it's one of those movies like it's it's suspenseful but it almost 
it almost touches on like a horror aspect of it to where I'm like, I'm not for sure if it's a horror movie or not, or, or it's just suspenseful. Um, that very last part where you see um, the, the guy uh, with his head like inside the TV, I was like, that is messed up. <laughs> um, I loved both of these trailers. I, I have to go five and five because <laughs> I don't know which one I liked more. Lydia. So, Chicken Nugget. Guys, I watch anime. Anime is freaking weird sometimes. <laughs> this felt like watching a live action anime mm. trailer. And I was kind of uncomfortable, if I'm being honest. <laughs> uh, I, I don't even know what else to say. Um, I saw the TV glow. There's a lot of A24 trailers that we've watched that don't really get my attention just because A24 is weird in its own right and it, it's a good weird but most of the time with the trailers I'm like I don't know what's going on I don't really care to find out because you didn't give me enough to go off of this one I actually really enjoyed and I actually kind of want to sit down and see what is going on with like is it a multiverse is it alternate realities is it time jumping like I'm curious to see where this goes <clears throat> So, that said, I'm going to give nine points to the TV <laughs> and one to the chicken nugget only because it amuses me that it looks more like a boneless wing with barbecue sauce on it than it does a chicken nugget. I just have to jump in. I didn't realize how much this does feel that did feel like anime until mm-hmm. you said that. And now that I'm now that you said that I'm like, "Oh my god, it really does." Yep. <laughs> Why was it so round? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> okay. I'm just assuming that's where, that's what chicken nuggets look like. Where does this take place? Was it? I think it was I Japanese. Said, was it, it, ja- it, was like it Japan? Japan? Okay. Yeah. Maybe just chicken nuggets around there. I would prefer that instead of them trying to make them look like fake tiny chicken boobs. Anyway. <laughs> um, <clears throat> what? Chicken boobs. I don't, I don't That's know. That's what we call chicken breast in our house because the word breast makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> in our house, we just draw boobs on the Ziploc when we freeze them. We don't even write words. It's just boobs. <laughs> yep. I like that. See? Lydia gets it. Um, ch- ch- chicken nugget. <laughs> it, it was too much for me. That I could have done without. Um, as far as the long TV title from A24... The soundtrack got me as soon as they started playing Broken Social Scene, which is like a throwback from my college days. That song they were playing was my MySpace song. (laughs) The entire time I had MySpace. I love that song. And I have now been sitting here humming it to myself and thinking about that song since then. So all of my points are going to that trailer for the simple inclusion of one of my favorite songs of all time. All right, so with a score of 33 to 7, I Saw the TV Glow wins this week's trailer takedown. Y'all, I'm going to watch Chicken Nugget the day it comes out, and I'm going to tell you guys how much you guys were wrong. You have fun with that. (laughs) (laughs) they ever explain why they're round, let me know. (laughs) (laughs) Will do. All right, let's go to trailer takedown. Let's get ready for trailer takedown. 
We already did that. Just did that. I'm (laughs) kidding. I meant gut reaction. Ow! Gut reaction. Plot twist, guys. We've got more trailers. (laughs) Speaking of gut reactions, I have one for you guys. I finally finished Supernatural. I'm so proud. I thought you were about to say you were pregnant again. As I'm sitting here drinking (laughs) alcohol. I know. That's why I was really worried. I was like, okay, did I actually see her open that? Like, I like my brain went through (laughs) millisecond computations. I was like, she got it out of the thing, but was it actually open when she took it out? Was she trying to throw us off the whole time? Because she knows that it was like like, (laughs) rapid thought process. Basically, (laughs) Just joking. This is water. Like, no. Seriously, guys. (laughs) Basically, Lydia, like, we can't trust you anymore whenever you say you have dreams. <laughs> Doesn't matter. We're just going to assume you're pregnant. You could already be pregnant and then be like, hey, I've got some news. We're like, how'd you get pregnant twice? <laughs> Magic. <laughs> that would be horrible. Congratulations on finishing Supernatural. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, final thoughts? I cried. Unapologetically, I cried. It's fine. <laughs> I've seen like the ending scene, like on accident, like mm-hmm. on the internet, like the you know, uh-huh. and I cried too. And I've only watched the first four seasons of that show. <laughs> <laughs> they did a really good job of like wrapping everything up and giving everybody an ending. So a lot of TV series don't do that. So I appreciated that. And then there was like this little thing at the end where they like thanked everybody for sticking around for fifteen years. It's just, like. I already cried. Stop it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm proud of you, Lydia. Thank you. As someone who hasn't even seen one episode of Supernatural, (laughs) but still. Um, First thing on gut reaction, uh, got a couple different uh, comic book news. Uh, First off, Marvel has announced uh, during the Comics Pro Retailer Summit that they are committing to a $3.99 price point for most of their comics. Uh, Currently, about half of their line sells for $3.99, while the others sell for $4.99. I'm giving this a thumb sideways. We've seen this before where, you know, they're going to commit to, oh, yeah, we're just going to do, you know, we're we're not going to raise the price above this. And then a couple years later, oh, hey, (laughs) just kidding, guys. It's going to be more now. Um, Even $3.99, like, I will still pay that. But even still, that's kind of like... Guys, you, it, comics don't need to be that expensive. Uh, but yeah, we'll we'll see how long this lasts. Tabitha. Yeah, that we'll see. Thumb sideways. Matt. Um, I'm going to go thumbs up just for them vocalizing the fact that most of them are going to be that price. Whether all, like, no matter where the line stays, we know it's going to go up eventually. But like, to say, okay, the, the mo- most of them are going to be this price. Um, so you're going to be less surprised when you go in week to week and all of a sudden your favorite issue is five ninety nine instead of three ninety nine. So I'm going to say thumbs up. Lydia. I'm going to go thumb sideways because I appreciate them trying to like make a solid like line in the sand for where they're going to be. But like you said, a couple years from now, inflation's going to happen. They're going to go up regardless. So yeah. Uh, also at Comics Pro, DC announced that they will be returning to Wednesday releases starting in July. Uh, DC currently releases their comics on Tuesdays, something that they started in April of 2020 after switching to a different distributor. Um, giving this a thumbs up, even though I still only go to the comic, comic shops on Wednesday, typically. Um, it's still nice to know that they're all getting released on the same day now. 
Um, and so like if there's a DC issue that I really want and is not pulled, I don't have to then go to a comic book shop twice in one week. Type of thing. I like the organization. Thumbs up. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you would. Thank you. <laughs> Matt. Um, I always thought it was ridiculous that they decided to switch um, for, I mean, apart from the distribution issue, like it just doesn't make sense. Like it, Wednesdays are new comic book days. It's like when movies and music started releasing on Fridays instead of Tuesdays. Like that was a very strange jump. Um, and seemed unnecessary. So thumbs up for going back to Wednesday. So they're all on the same day. Lydia. I also appreciate organization. So thumbs up. Tabitha, let's go to the Paralandra bookstore. <laughs> so I found my new dream job. Um, in Fort Collins, Colorado, the Paralandra bookshop um, has decided to have an in-house reader. Um, the goal of this is that they're basically going to be a reader in residence. The person will be paid via a $50 per month stipend for books and a $50 per month stipend for coffee. Um, it's going to be like a three-month thing that you can sign on for. Um, it's basically set up to promote people to be in the bookstore reading because they weren't seeing a lot of traffic like that. So it's like the, you know... You see somebody doing something and you feel more comfortable doing it, so you follow. So I'm giving this a huge thumbs up. I want I want this job. This is a great idea, even if it's just marketing. Um, yeah, if you get this job, though, it's not going to be very uh, lucrative. But Matt. <laughs> <laughs> um, I like this idea. I think it's fun. I do think that it promotes the idea of other people doing the same thing because they're – in some cases, there is almost a stigma of grabbing a book off the shelf in a bookstore and reading it instead of just buying it and taking it home and reading it. So I like that. Also, that stipend of $50 for books and $50 for coffee, it's not really enough, but it's a start. But thumbs up anyways. Lydia. Yeah, I like this. This is cool. Uh, $50 for books is definitely not enough, but I could see $50 for coffee kind of working if you like get coffee beans. So. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah um, I take back what I said about it not being very lucrative um, because I also want this job so I will fight <laughs> you forever um, but no this is a fantastic idea um, yeah I just I, I love it it's it's cool it's fun um, and yeah if it gets more people to kind of read in a bookstore then they did their job and it's well worth it so you guys both get the job and then one of you gets the books and one of you gets the coffee I'll take the books can we trade off like month and month to month? Like you get the books one month, yeah, yeah, I'll yeah. take the coffee, then we flip flop. Yeah, because we both up. like books and we both like coffee. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, yeah. Matt, um, is the truth out there? Um, according to Ryan Coogler, it is. Um, I knew that we had talked about this before, but um, Ryan Coogler has said that he is working on a reboot or re well, he's calling it a revival of the X Files. Um, it turns out that the original creator, Chris Carter has, um, quote unquote, given his blessing, um, on this new project. Um, Chris Carter basically said, he's like, I appreciate that they came to me, that they asked what I thought. It's like, but really he's like, I don't know, Disney and Fox own it so they can do with it, whatever they want. Um, so, which I thought was cool. Like he appreciates that, um, they didn't have to come to him for approval, but they did. Um, 
they did ask if he would be involved in any way. Um, and he said he wouldn't, but only as a cheerleader. Um, again, he said, I'm honored. They came to me and asked me, but not for my permission, but my blessing. Um, it, it's going to be a more diverse take. Um, I think Ryan Coogler is a good person to lead this. Um, we'll see what happens when we get closer to production and casting, but at this point, it's never going to be the same, but I'm still going to go thumbs up. Lydia. You're excited. So thumbs up. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I'll give this a thumbs up. Um, yeah, they, they didn't have to give him. His, he didn't have to give them his blessing, um, but it's still good to know that he's not like trash talking it. Tabitha. I am so torn about this. That show is so nostalgic for me. Mm. And even the the movies that came in the middle and after, like it is the, the nostalgia that is centered around what X-Files was at the time that it aired. I don't know if that can ever be recreated in any shape, form or fashion. I don't care who's holding on to the property. Um, Chris Carter giving it, it's their, Oh my gosh, giving them his blessing is one thing now when it's like pre-production, but once it like happens, what if he changes his mind? So I'm still cautiously optimistic, so thumb sideways. So we are getting a sequel to Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Um, Sam and Victor's Day Off will follow Sam and Victor, the two valets who take Cameron's dad's Ferrari on a joyride in the original movie. Uh, David Katzenberg is set to direct. Uh, most of his directing ca- credits come from TV, including The Goldbergs, uh, 911, Lone Star, and Young Rock. Uh, he also produced two, uh, 2017's It. Um, giving this a thumbs down. At first, I was like, I, I went through a roller coaster on this. I was like, we don't need this sequel. And then I'm like, before I started reading the article, I just saw uh, Sam and Victor's Day Off. I was like, okay, well, maybe this is like ferris's kids and you know like they're gonna try to do the same things that he did in this age and you know maybe he'll catch them doing some things maybe he won't you know whatever but then i found out who sam and victor were and i'm like we don't need this whether it's like whether it takes place that same day or if it takes place now you know in curtain day and they're still just valets like no these are two characters that i did not care about it was for a singular joke no Tabitha. Yeah, this feels very pointless to me. Um, I agree with you when you started. I was like, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. And I basically went through the exact same set of emotions you did. Because like, well, maybe it's his and uh, what was her name? White Jacket. Whatever. The girlfriend. (laughs) Um, Maybe it's their kids. Maybe it's one of Cameron's kids and one of Ferris's kids going on a journey. That would I would give him a thumbs up. This thumbs down. Matt. Yeah, I'm with you. If it had been the kids, I almost would have been here for this. Um, because then it would have been him like watching this from a, from the perspective of you know him doing it, but these two completely insignificant characters like for a one line joke this it, no thumbs down Lydia yeah I agree with all of you like if it had been the kids like I could see it being an almost like hey wait a minute they're doing what I did wait come back kind of thing <laughs> like that could have been funny <laughs> but this is just so pointless we don't need this thumbs down. Tabitha, let's talk about Sentai and Sensibility. All right. There's a lot to unpack here, so I apologize. And then they're not sad if I go over my time. Um, so this is, okay. It is a Jane Austen RPG. It is 
come coming from ninth level games. Um, it is currently on a uh, Kickstarter program right now. Um, it's voiced as uh, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers meets Jane Austen and or Bridgerton meets Kaiju. So they've only released the art so far. Um, but you're going to be playing as a member of the Regency Elite, um, basically protecting your friends and your social calendar from a kaiju who appears and threatens everything about your society. This this looks amazing. This looks like something that would actually be super fun to play. I pulled up the Kickstarter just to be like just to see how much they had because the last time I checked it because I was going to talk about this last week they had already met their goal but they were under like $20,000 they're at $40,353 of their $1,811 whoa wow so this is coming I'm excited I want this thumbs up Matt in a world where everything is being rebooted and redone um and there are so many, so few original ideas. I love this. Um, I was a little skeptical when you first started this, but like the more you got into this, I'm like, okay, I'm here for this. This would be a good time. This would be fun. I would play this. Thumbs up. Lydia. Like I said, y'all, anime is weird. <laughs> <laughs> but this one I'm here for. Thumbs up. Yeah. Um, I don't know that it's something that I will ever play, but like if I have an opportunity to play it, yeah, I, I probably definitely would. But even still, I love the idea of this. This is fantastic. Uh, thumbs up. So we've got one last story to talk about, and I hope y'all know about this. Um, so an event in Glasgow was marketed. We're not doing timers. This is the last story. um an event in glasgow was marketed um it seemed to borrow from the world of Willy wonka and it went very very wrong um i did not realize that this was the actual name of it until i was making my notes up tonight um willie's chocolate experience don't Don't like that (laughs) (laughs) um that should have been red flag number one (laughs) Uh, it charged uh, $44 uh, in, in U.S. dollars um, and invited fans to, quote, a universe where confectionery dreams are brought to life. Uh, the website had activities like an enchanted garden, imagination lab, uh, twilight tunnel, and captivating entertainment. Uh, the designs, if you look at the website, clearly AI. Um, at the very bottom of the site's homepage, it promises, um, I'm probably going to me- mispronounce some of these words because they're not words. Um, it promises, quote, enturning entertainment, uh, cat gacting, carchy tunes, without the E, T-U-N-S, exacerday lollipops, and... A Pass-A-Dice of Sweet Treats. Fun fact, when I was making these notes, um, my computer <laughs> kept trying to autocorrect 
uh, Pasadise to Paradise, um, which would make sense. But I'm like, no, bro. Like, I need for it to be the incorrect word. <laughs> and cut to like three months from now when I'm trying to type Paradise. <laughs> it's going to be like, hey, remember that time when you demanded I type Pasadise? Like, great. Thanks, <laughs> Willie's Chocolate Experience. I feel like whatever AI they used like had a stroke at that point in time. <laughs> Yeah. To figure out how to word these things. Yeah. Clearly. Uh. It's like a literary representation of that Super Bowl commercial. <laughs> <laughs> Except like the the person in that AI drawing didn't have like extra limbs or whatever. <laughs> so, okay. This all seems well and good. Seems like, you know, a fun day out. You know, whatever. Okay. Well, the Guardian uh, reported that people showed up to, quote, a sparsely decorated warehouse with a scattering of plastic props, a small bouncy castle, and some backdrops pinned against the walls. <laughs> Y'all, this was so bad, people called the police. And the police <laughs> came and shut this down. Um, and of course, social media was having a field day with this. Uh, there were posts on X where... Uh, Noted that staff was staff was given scripts the night before. Um, among the staff, this is probably my favorite part, um, was a Oompa Loompa, <laughs> who many people said she looked like she was running a meth lab. And oh my god, that's where that picture came from! Yeah, yep. that I've seen online, and I didn't <laughs> I didn't delve into it to know where that came from. Yeah, yeah. She, <laughs> Yeah, look into her eyes. She has seen some stuff in this world. <laughs> She's seen Willie's Chocolate Adventure. What's yeah. that? See. <laughs> so <Where's> my bell. <laughs> I deserve that. Lydia's chocolate shame. <laughs> Is that a different kind of shame now? Yes. um so also according to the guardian uh event organizers did refund tickets uh and they apologized for the quote very stressful and upsetting day (laughs) (laughs) for who um they went on to say quote unfortunately last minute we were let down in many areas of our event and tried our best to continue on and push through and now realize we probably should have canceled first thing this morning instead brah you did not have any last minute pullouts with your chocolate experience <laughs> don't say it that way Why did you... <laughs> you also get a chocolate shame <laughs> I deserve that <laughs> um but no, like one look, one look at the website, like clearly shows that like yeah they weren't, they weren't planning to have anything actually good here. Bouncy castle, it's backgrounds taped to the wall, and the backgrounds like... that were taped to the wall were of like Candyland, like yeah. the game, like oh the my. board game had nothing to do. It was like the background that you see on like Candyland the board game, <laughs> yeah. like. Like they fished through a, a dumpster at a toy store. It's more like they like got online and they were like candy themed things for a party, and they bought like five of them, and they were like, "Good enough." <laughs> yeah, that's that an excellent representation of this. 
And it's like, okay, let's let's even take this at face value and say that, yes, they did plan on having a big extravagant thing and things fell apart at the last minute. First off, probably it still couldn't have been last minute for you to still get the stuff that you did get. Um, and even still, like, once you had everything set up, you should have known, like... This won't work. Yeah. Yeah. This is a giant log of chocolate. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So bad. (laughs) I can't imagine looking at this website and being like, I want to give those people my money either. So some of that is on the consumer, in my opinion. You're absolutely right. It's like the people who are like, I found a basketball jersey on the internet that says it looks exactly like the real basketball jerseys, but it's a dollar twenty-five, and then they get it, and it's this big, and it's like screen printed, and they're like, "Oh, okay." To be fair, though, it's not like the jersey was a dollar twenty-five. It's like the jersey was still like eighty bucks. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, but yeah, like it's more like they got on the website, and the jersey. <laughs> You know, like, was being worn by Donald Duck, and it was clearly a hand-drawn jersey. (laughs) (laughs) And didn't show you any actual pictures of it. Yeah, some of this is on the consumer, but most of it's on the event, whoever the event organizer was. They bought all of their props from Wish. Truly. (laughs) Including their Oompa Loompa. (laughs) That's why she looks like she's seen some shit. She's been chilling in the Wish warehouse. (laughs) This event planner's going to have a hard time getting another job. Truly. I'm going to leave that conveniently off the resume. <laughs> I just, I wonder how many people they got. Because I, I didn't. I saw a picture of like the line outside and there was a line outside. So enough. Well, one of the actors also released like a TikTok video. And apparently every kid that went through got jelly bean. Just a single jelly bean <laughs> and a fourth of a cup of like store brands lemonade. No chocolate in this chocolate experience. Jelly bean, fourth of a cup of juice. That might be my favorite part. A jelly bean. <laughs> Here we got one bag. Share amongst yourselves. <laughs> um, they also had as part of the scripts was like all AI generated for the Wonka person to read. And one of the things was there's an unknown evil chocolatier. We call him the unknown. (laughs) And then the unknown emerges from behind a mirror and he's legit terrifying as an adult. (laughs) There's a video of him emerging. One of the kids goes, Yeah. Do you think maybe this was just like a like in they played this wrong because they should have been like we were just showing you how distrustful you should be of AI. <laughs> they played it wrong. They yeah. did. Instead of being like we tried to swindle you, they should have been like this was an art installation about how the public will fall for AI. Mm. <laughs> Going back to the jelly bean and the fourth of cup. <laughs> Did the Oompa Loompa give those out? Because if so, I'd be, I would not trust Mm-mm. anything from that. At least, I mean, the jelly bean would have to be like factory sealed, like individually wrapped. But 
I want to know what company factory seals one single jelly Willie's chocolate experience does. <laughs> the bad thing is it probably wasn't even like a good jelly bean. It was probably like the cheapest like dollar store bag of jelly beans they could find. From last taste, year. Yeah, that yeah. tastes like plastic. They were probably all licorice flavored. Yeah. I'm just picturing like the kids like after their parents are busy calling the police and the kids are all just congregating, holding their single jelly bean, <laughs> trying to like trade them with their friends. <laughs> I wanted the blue one. <laughs> <laughs> And, like, you know that there's at least one kid, though, that was, like, having the best time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Living their oh, best yeah. life. They're yep. like, this is awesome. <laughs> I got a jelly bean. <sighs> We're going home, Timmy. No, I want to stay. <laughs> <laughs> but with a British accent. I can't do the British accent. So <laughs> no, Scottish accent. Huh? Scottish accent. Oh, whatever. Same thing. Definitely don't have a brogue. All right. Um, yeah. We should probably go because we've got a whole other uh, cheetah to eat. So you. you have a cheetah to eat. <laughs> you individually. Mm. Not the group. <laughs> you have lunch for tomorrow. Oh. oh joy. And maybe dinner. <laughs> depending on how lunch treats you. <laughs> Everybody say bye. Bye. Cheetah? Sorry about your guts, Mitch. (laughs) That's going to do it for this episode of The Geek Awakens. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, shoot us an email at thegeekawakenspodcast at gmail.com. It would be a shame if you didn't follow us on Facebook and Instagram at the Geek Awakens Podcast or on Twitter at Geek Awakens. Theme music created and produced by E. Cannon Beats. Our logo was designed by Shay McCain. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time. We're boldly gone. <laughs>